as a parent, you you kind of bring in your own belief around food, also you know how you were brought up with food, making sure that she has a positive relationship around food. Because in my line of work as well, I've seen a lot of the time how parental beliefs and attitudes around food can impact the child's weaning journey, and so I'm so cognizant of that as well. It's so incredible because our kids almost have a blank slate as they enter the world for for how they understand food, how they interact with food. Just to say to moms, you know, what do you want it to look like one day when you are feeding your family and they're a bit older and, and how do you see that so that she can just see beyond that first spoon of butter nut in the bowl and, mm-hmm. and just look into that space. We want parents to grasp the magnitude of we get to help dictate and determine the road that they walk with food for the rest of their lives. and welcome back to Let's Talk Baby. It's so exciting to be back with you again and it's so exciting all three of us are on the podcast today which is wonderful. Um, Sammy, welcome Sammy. Hi Kath, thanks. And it's so lovely having you Jenny with us again today. Lovely to be here as always. So we are doing this weaning journey and we've been following Sammy's little girl, Kyla, and we've gone along the journey. We've had um, the opportunity to just hear how she's doing and how she want, how she was going to start her weaning journey. And so now we're in the third week of weaning. Sammy, how's it going? It's going really well. Thanks, Kath. Yeah, Kyla is... Um, really loving her food. She is a little social butterfly. So she's enjoying all the different combinations and the different textures. And I think just the sort of socialness of eating, you know, having mom and dad um, sit mm-hmm. with her, especially at the, the her dinner meal. Um, and yeah, it's going, it's going great. It's, it was a nerve wracking journey in the beginning, but I almost feel like We've all found our feet and have a little system going. So um, we're actually really having fun with it um, at the moment. So it's great. And you're on, um, you advanced her quite quickly. So she went from Mm. kind of one to two to three meals, kind of over a space of two to three weeks. Um, But she is, tomorrow she is how old? She's going to be six months. Okay, Tomorrow, so you, yeah, so yeah. I think that's totally appropriate. You know, parents often yeah. ask, like, how fast do I go? When do I move mm-hmm. on to the second meal and the third meal? You know, and we've have kind of spoken a bit to that. So yeah. um, it's it's wonderful that you've kind of just read your cues and followed exactly. alongside that. And I think you know, for parents out there, it's really your journey with your child. Mm. So if your child is, you know, loving their their one meal that you started on, then they yeah. just look forward to kind of the next one so quickly. You can definitely add in a second and even a third. And yeah. like like you said, Sammy, I love that that at a third meal is is when dad can be present and yeah. you are present after a busy day, and it can be really. Yeah engaging so that is really nice and if your child's only really managing one meal then you can also keep that meal towards the end of the day but introduce the new foods in the early day so you might do that over the weekend so that's just something practical to add 
So what are some of the things that you find yourself reflecting on just on this this journey with with Kyla? Obviously, you said it was a bit nerve-wracking and Mm. that was a lot to do just around kind of the nutrition. And we've just briefly spoken to her cosmic protein allergy and we're going to explore that more in weeks to come. But is there is there other stuff that you know has been maybe challenging or thought provoking for you as you mm. start your little girl on this journey? Yeah, I think um, you know as a as a parent, you you kind of bring in your own beliefs around um, food um, and also you know how you were brought up. Um, with food um, I think uh, this is a this is a, a big one for me um, and it's actually quite funny I'm actually surprised that I, I, I was the foodie that I am and never had an issue with food but my mom was so terrified of giving me solids because I was thinking that I was going to choke she only started me on solids at a year <laughs> on purity at a year and I just like that that's like struck me as well like you know with my journey um with Kyla is you know am I doing things too early with her you know is it is it the right time to start is it um you know am I progressing her too quickly because you you mentioned you know we we went quite quick through the different types of foods because she's an adventurous eater and she moved quickly to three uh, meals a day is, you know, is it, is it too fast? You know, um, uh, we know that the research says one thing, but it, it's, it's just trust in your, your sort of gut instinct there. Um, and Kyle is also, you know, surprisingly quite a, a, a with Kyle's milk protein allergy, quite a little, a little chubby little thing, you know, she's got, quite a few little rolls on the on the thighs there and it's almost like she's loving food I mean is she eating too much um you know is this going to cause her to be a chubby baby at a later stage you know um is what we're feeding her now going to impact her um and even though you know as as a feeding therapist myself I know differently you can't help but have those concerns as a mom um I think your your sort of therapist role goes out the window when it's your own child I think both you and Jenny can attest to that but it's just making sure that she has a positive relationship around food because Mm. in my line of work as well I've seen um you know a lot of the time how parental beliefs and attitudes around food can impact the child's weaning journey and so I'm so cognizant of that as well you know um how is what I believe about food? And I feel like I do have a very healthy relationship with food. Um, uh, and I know that's not always the case for some parents. Um, but, you know, just how how my feelings and how my husband Matt's feelings around food um, are influencing Kyla's, Kyla's journey and just being really cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Jenny, um, I don't know if you want to just speak to this what Sammy has shared and and is it is it normal and natural for for parents to go down kind of a, a thought process around their own personal food journeys do you mm. think it's helpful for parents to do that um mm. and do you have any suggestions as how to how how they would go about that because we obviously always want our kids to one up us you know like just do better mm. just mm. just do that and i think in the food realm it feels very much like 
that's what we wanted. If I never ate veggies, I want my kids to eat veggies. If I was fussy, I don't want them to be fussy. If I was overweight, I might not, I don't want them to be overweight. You know, you want them just to be better. Um, maybe you can just speak to that, especially around food, which is so heavy with emotions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Kat. You know, I think what's really interesting about parenting in general is that you, as you have kids and walk through each developmental phase and process, you are simultaneously walking your own journey of your history, your upbringing, and often the unresolved things of your past. And we call this a journey of reparenting that needs to happen. And often we aren't aware of this thing that we need to kind of rework through or process until it's happening for our own children. And so, for example, this idea of food and, um, the, you know, the way we see food and understand food and the dynamics around food, we often might not even be aware of the assumptions and perceptions we bring to the table until we finally have a child eating and we see them maybe being a couple of um, kg heavier, maybe on one of the higher percentiles, and it might trigger our own anxiety. And so... It's an interesting journey in parenting that we walk all the time, that there's this element of reparenting that version of ourselves that maybe still has unresolved things, that maybe still feels self-conscious about our body or perhaps has an unhealthy relationship with food. So there's a process that we are walking through all the time as our children navigate various things in their own journeys. And one has to be so conscious of what we bring and project onto our kids. And I think that's what you are speaking to, Sammy. You know, mm. I think when it comes to food, it's so incredible because our kids almost have a blank slate as they enter the world for, for how they understand food, how they interact with food, how they are going to seafood, the relationship they have with food, whether they think it's an incredible, sustaining, you know, nourishing, nurturing thing, or whether it's something that's um, associated with anxiety or stress or critique or punishment, you know, there can be such complex dynamics and emotions mm. around food. And without making parents feel overwhelmed, you know, that's not what we're trying to achieve. But we want parents to grasp the magnitude of we get to help dictate and determine mm. the road that they walk with food for the rest of their lives, the way they engage with food, the way they see food. And what a profound privilege and opportunity to help shape that for our kids. And I think that's mm. what really sets us apart from previous generations is that we, for the first time, are really understanding that there's more complexity to food, that there's more mm. dynamics involved, and that we get to determine in these years, when our kids are six months, one year, two years, five years, these are the things that lay the foundation for how they engage with food when they are 25 and 45. Mm. What I think is so over, so incredible, but hopefully not overwhelming for parents because it's an amazing opportunity to help put our kids on that healthy road. Mm. Yeah, sure. That is that is so significant, and like you say, mm -hmm. you know, something exciting, but can also feel overwhelming for the mom out there who kind of feels like my relationship with food is really, really not great. But I don't mm -hmm. want that for my child. Um, what would what would you suggest? Where would she start? Does she like? 
not sit and feed her child or does she engage in it? Does she try and quickly fix herself up? Um, but like, like, yeah, what would be like a practical kind of assistance that a mom like that could, could like take on board just to help her with the journey and help her child? I think the first thing is creating awareness. That's mm. one of the biggest things that we can use as a tool to introducing changes or shifts. So to me, the first thing is recognizing that perhaps you still have unresolved things. You need to have the awareness and the insight to know, okay, hey, this thing is a bit of an issue or I'm still struggling with this. This is this is tough for me. Um, mm. And the second thing is when you have the awareness, you can catch yourself in the moment. So when you know that this maybe is difficult for you, so maybe the idea of feeding your child and, you know, the extra few spoonfuls when you think they don't need it, maybe that feels triggering. Or maybe um, it's if they um, don't want something and you're trying to force them to taste it or whatever it might be for you. But if in those moments you can see that you are being activated or triggered, that mm. process itself is so helpful to identify that this is not about the child in front of me. This is not about what's happening in the here and now, but rather what has happened in the there and then in the past mm. that I'm bringing to the situation. Mm. And that simple insight into knowing that this is an old thing versus a current thing helps one to deep, you know, like compartmentalize or, you know, detach that from the current moment. So I would definitely say that parents shouldn't be withdrawing. I would never say don't mm. feed your child, you know, get involved, overcome it and realize that mm. this is a journey to yours this is not okay. you sitting in front of, mm. of this is not a baby version of you and you know we do mm. that as parents we do it in so many different realms we do it with mm. wanting our kids to achieve on the sports field we vicariously mm. are living our dream through you know we want you to do this and push and get all the way and we we project that onto the child in front of mm. us and that might not be their personality it might not be what they are wanting and so again with food we have to question ourselves all the time to say like what is what is my desire that I wished or wanted for it for me as a child and am I projecting that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the things I really encourage parents to do which I think is a helpful thing is to and Sammy maybe it will be helpful for you to think about mm -hmm. and apply kind of give us your thoughts and feedback at some point but to create a visualization of what the picture is that you have of food in your home. What do you want mm -hmm. that to look like? So when you think about food and you think about your kids growing up in your home from baby to toddlerhood to teen, what does food look like? Do you envision everyone around the table? Is there music on? Is there laughter? Is there a bunch of different meals in the middle that everyone's grabbing? Are there friends coming over? You know, what does that look like in your mind? And then to think about how am I creating this representation? What am I doing now to set up that um, realization or actualization of that picture that I have in mind? Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. amazing, Janie. I'm definitely, I, definitely going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that awareness that awareness you mentioned, you know, is kind of number number one is always in anything that we're trying to to manage, to deal with, to 
work through just an awareness is so helpful because then we're aware of our behavior and therefore aware of how we project our behavior to them. Um, mm. And then just visualizing that, uh, that's very powerful because I think sometimes we forget that we're, it's, we're actually on a journey, you know, mm. and if you kind of don't know where you ultimately want in the journey to go, you could go end up mm. going round and round in circles and not actually moving towards your destination and then suddenly being disappointed because you suddenly thought about your destination and you're so far from it because mm. you had never really given yeah. it conscious thought. So mm. I really do like that. And maybe, sorry, I'm jumping in, but just to add that there's so many components to food and if we can understand mm. that, it takes mm. a little bit of the pressure off of us as well. So sometimes mm. a meal time, you know, if you, the three of you are sitting around the dinner table eating and maybe Kyla doesn't end up even eating much of her food. And we often see that as um, a failure or we didn't, you yeah. know, we show up how we should have or she didn't like the food we've made or something's wrong, you know, with her or she's not feeling well. But we mm. forget that so many other components to food that she might have not taken the nutritious side of it in, but she's taken the social element of sitting around the dining room table. She's watched her mom and dad eating their meal. She's engaged in interaction that makes her feel validated and connected with. And that experience is associated with food. Even if she didn't eat the food, it's around yeah. the meal. Oh, I love that. Food is not just about like, putting your mm. child in a high chair and shoveling it in as kind of yeah. fast as you can. So many different things that we are achieving mm. around mealtimes. And some meals will look like no socialization and just nutrition. And mm. that's also part mm. of the journey. Mm. And other meals will be all socialization and no nutrition. And we're just constantly mm. working on these various dimensions. Sometimes food is purely sensory and about what it feels like and being comfortable with being messy and yogurt all over the face and nothing actually has been eaten. But we must yeah. realize that food is not just simply food alone. There are all these various mm. things we are tapping into that mean even when it feels like a meal has been a failure or hasn't gone according to plan, there's still so much to be gained out of that moment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, I really like That's that. amazing. Just, just on that note, you know, if mm. – that that literally will lower the expectations. It's like Sammy and I have often chatted about her and Kyla's journey. And I've just said mm. to her, it's just enjoy let her get her nutrition through her milk and mm. let her just enjoy mm. her food and just become competent at that. And um so what you're saying just resonates so well. How mm. how does a mom like and I don't know, Sammy, if you've experienced it at all, but like we've got other voices around us all the time, you know, with, we speak a lot about this on our podcast together, all three of us, because yeah. we do, we, we have to constantly talk to the noise that are filtering into the homes from social media to mm. just, you know, everyone's different inputs and everyone's an expert on how to feed a baby. And it just does put a lot of pressure. So how how do you as a mom and a dad wanting to create this picture and this destination of food, how do you manage that noise in the context of like a feed-in environment where maybe the child's doing more social 
social eating in the beginning because we're talking about weaning obviously and there's more just fun and interaction but then you get the noise out there saying oh is she not finishing like a whole bowl of food yet or mm. you know mm. by now you need to be cutting back on your milk or you know when mm. you were this age I fed you this and that you know like yeah just some ideas um mm. I don't know if that's something you resonate with Sammy mm -hmm. and just feel it and see it um, yeah, before Jenny gives us some tips, I mean, definitely, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of opinions, like you say, and a lot of, um, very close to home opinions as well. You know, there's an opinion, um, of a friend or somebody on social media, but then you get direct opinions. It's so much so like, like, like your own mom, you know, like you mm -hmm. said, I did it this way. And, um, I think also culturally, um, mm things have really changed, you know, like I remember when we were growing up, it was like, you finish everything on your plate and you don't leave the table until you've finished. And, um, you know, there's, there's can be a lot of fear around eating. And so there's a, a lot of, and I come from a family of very like headstrong females. So there's a lot of cousins and aunties and, you know, giving their opinion, whether you want it or not. Um, and so it is, it can be really difficult to, to not get in your head about what others are saying and, and bringing that into your own personal space as well. Um, mm. so yeah, I think Jenny can obviously also touch on, touch mm. on that and how to mm. deal with it. Mm. Thanks, yeah, Jenny. I mean, as we, as we say time and again here, I think drowning out that outside noise is so important because mm. when it comes to food, especially, I think we have to be so conscious of how much our own anxiety can interfere with the process around nutrition and food and eating. And again, without it being something that makes you feel overwhelmed or, you know, really stressed out or worried, but that holds a lot of gravity that, you know, the more anxiety that enters the space around feeding and um, the more complex that relationship with food can become. And so when we have all these voices from the outside, that is going to exacerbate one's anxiety as it would for any other thing when we have conflicting opinions or different views coming in. And so, you know, I always, I think I have this visualization of how we have to, as moms, build a wall around us of protection, of self-protection. And sometimes that wall will have um, a big gate that's open and sometimes it might be a low wall and sometimes it might be a gate or a fence that you can move through. But we have to remember mm -hmm. that we need ourselves protected because when mm -hmm. we let everything from the outside world just come and sweep over us, we put ourselves at risk for becoming um, self-doubting, anxious, mm -hmm. and that through to our kids it filters through to the feeding process and so there's so much work to be done in what boundaries am I putting up what, mm. what protection am I putting up of myself and when you can mm. recognize these things that continue to trigger your self-doubt your anxiety your guilt mm. then you have to action something to prevent that so mm. on the third fourth or fifth time that your mom has commented something that makes you feel overwhelmed that's when a boundary needs to get put in place and that mm. can look like very many different things and um, you can mm. decide it could be having a frank conversation it could be making sure you don't do meal times together you know it doesn't have to be confronting it doesn't have to be something scary mm. <laughs> excuse me there's lots of possible scenarios around how we can manage this but I think mm. the idea of protection of oneself in motherhood mm. is just 
important mm. because we're at risk. Isn't it the craziest thing that as moms we go through so much? Um, it's such a uniting thing that we can all resonate with lack of sleep and you know how hard it is mm. to manage behavior and picky eating and all these complexities, yet we are so quick to critique and so quick mm. to say what yeah. should be and how it should be like this and is mm. your child and why aren't they eating the picture perfect meal and yeah so it's so true of you know we all know mm. what it's like it's not mm. it's not the perfect picture and it's so hard at times yet mm. we don't want each other much grace in those moments where it is hard and I think that's where as moms mm. stand up for ourselves to protect ourselves yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. and I, I think that. Jenny I also just wanted to like you know touch on that and that you know as a mom, but also as a therapist and, and the sort of families I work with, I find that eating and, and mealtimes and food is such a, I think, you know, parenting and motherhood, there's, everything's almost like touchy and, and, and that, but like, it is just such a touchy sort of subject or, or area because as a mom, all you want to do is nourish your child and it goes mm. Back to like breastfeeding, you know, there's mm-hmm. a judgment on whether or not you're breastfeeding, whether you are bottle feeding, formula feeding, even if your child is tube fed. Um, you mm-hmm. know, as a mom, I almost feel like you, that subject is just so like touchy. Mm-hmm. And when there's judgment, it really just, I think, like mm-hmm. can break your heart because all you want to do as a mom is nourish your child and nourish right. your child well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I just find that, yeah, it's 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 a mm. really touchy area of of um, parenting and motherhood. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think really, just yeah, listening to what we've been saying this evening is that we really just need to protect each other. But if that's not going to happen, we're ultimately responsible to protect ourselves and to create boundaries and that that's okay. Um, And then just be aware, be aware of your responses, be aware of, I love that what you said about what was then, but this is now and Mm -hmm. just being in the now and being in the present, but being aware of what was then and acknowledging it so that you can, you know, know what you're feeding or why you're reacting in a certain way. And then Mm -hmm. I think just as a reminder of that visualization, I absolutely love it. I think it's such a way, Mm -hmm. a lovely start to actually any weaning journey. And I think even in my practice, just to say to moms, you know, what do you want it to look like one Mm -hmm. day? when you are feeding your family and they're a bit older and and how do you see that so that she can just see beyond that first spoon of butternut in the bowl and Mm -hmm. and just look into that space and know that that's where she's heading so oh thank you guys always amazing amazing conversations that we have and thanks moms and dads for listening and we look forward to seeing you again next week on let's talk baby 